Hello, and welcome to the introductory episode of the Thank You and Good Night podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Julia. And we are a couple of friends who have met during our time in law school where we have bonded and survived law school over our love of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And after multiple conversations detailing our thoughts on the show and after getting positive feedback from some Maisel fans on Twitter, we thought it might be a good idea to put some of these thoughts into a podcast. So we're really excited to be here and to have some good discussions and bring forth to the table some interesting dives into Maisel kind of as a literary piece. That means we're going to be focusing in our episodes on things like character analysis, taking individual characters and looking at them, their relationships, and the role they play in the larger story. But also because Maisel is such a piece of larger cinematic work, detailing things like the cinematography and the costuming and the art direction and the writing specifically, both how it serves the story and also the craft itself. We also plan to look at all sorts of interesting things like the historical context behind the show and aspects that are taking place in real time during Maisel that the writers themselves may not potentially dive into, but we'd like to explore because we're a little bit of a history nerd duo. In the spirit of Midge Maisel with mustard on her dress, getting up in front of an audience without a spotlight, here we are to present to you the wild musings from inside our own heads. As a part of this introduction, we want you to get to know us and our biases a little better. As a former English major in college, I know that it's important when you understand how to read a text to know the biases you're using when you approach them. And rather than bore you with the whole list of this is which character I like and this is which character Julia likes, we figured we could play a game. So we're going to get into it and ask each other some questions and... We really haven't prepared these answers, so it's going to be a little bit interesting to see how well we know one another versus how well we think we do. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? Question number one is a little bit easy. I figured I'd start us off easy. So the favorite character. Okay, well, yours is Midge. Yeah, mine is definitely Midge. I love Midge. Um, She, for me, embodies everything that a strong female should look like. And I think she gives a lot of really great representation to young female voices who are looking to come to terms with who they are and how they can be independent. All right, Emily, I know yours. (laughs) Go for it. Emily's favorite character is Definitely 100% Rose Weissman. Yep. (laughs) First and foremost, I just find fascinating and interesting stories of individuals kind of coming into a second self, sense of self. And I feel like that's really true as the series goes through with Rose. And I just generally enjoy people who are dry and sardonic in their sense of humor. I like to imagine I have a sardonic sense of humor. (laughs) So definitely you see yourself in Rose and 
I wish I could be that composed and put together and on top of my shit. <laughs> oh, wait, are we allowed to call <laughs> You know what? I'm going to say roll with it. Our next question is favorite ship. <laughs> and yours would be Midge and Joel. My favorite ship is indeed Midge and Joel for a couple of reasons. Um, and I'm definitely going to go into this later on more in depth when we analyze both Midge and Joel's characters. But I think the big thing for me is because it's very, very clear how much they love each other and how much that love has endured despite all of the challenges that they faced within their relationship. So Emily's favorite ship is a lot less controversial than mine. Uh, It's an easy one to get behind because they are so, so pure. And it is definitely Abe and Rose. Yeah, I personally love Rose and Abe because, one, they're actually adorable. But two, they are such an interesting complementary pair. I always love the fact that the two of them not only are willing to basically do what needs to be done for the other, but they're constantly pulling each other back from the extremes. And there's very much this yin and yang between the two of them. I totally agree. So our third question is favorite non-romantic relationship. I'm guessing for you, it would be Susie and Midge. Yeah, it is Susie and Midge. uh, And that is a solid guess. Um, The dynamic that they have is very clearly one of love as well, but it's a very different kind of love. It's a tough love. They are ready and willing to be sharp and fierce with one another. So that way they both put their best feet forward. And it's so good to see strong and powerful women take on the world together. Emily, I don't know. This is going to be a tough one because there are so many things that I can think of for your favorite non-romantic relationship. I really want to say Rose and Midge. Yeah, I mean, the mother-daughter relationship is really interesting. And I also love Midge and her dad, Abe. But honestly, my favorite non-romantic relationship is the relationship between Archie and Joel. That's a good one. I love their friendship. I feel like these are two friends who genuinely have a kind of friendship that's bolstering and they're learning from each other. Yeah, definitely. I I love their dynamic too. So that's a really good point. And I never would have thought of that for you. That's kind of really surprising to hear. (laughs) I know it's surprising. I like, I think surprisingly, I really like Archie. I know that that does not seem to track for what you know about me. Also, can I just say the relationship between Zelda and everyone on the show is amazing. (laughs) So good. What would anyone on the show do without Zelda is like my honest question. Nothing. They would all probably sob. (laughs) Favorite season is our next one. Yours. Because you've told me. Yours is the third season. Yeah, mine is definitely the third season. I think that this is such a bold take on the show. Before this, there's a lot of kind of lighthearted naivete to the show, but... In the third season, we see a lot of unpacking of issues that are very prevalent in the time. We see communism, we see female empowerment, we see a lot of issues with race, and also dealing with LGBTQIA plus issues. And it's really good to see a gay Black character represented because I I think that a lot of the time television does not really represent intersectionality and so it's really nice to see some intersectional representation here. So Emily's favorite season, 
I would have to say is probably season two. Yeah. And I just want on record, I absolutely agree with you. I think that it was not only important that they address those issues and obviously timely that they address the issues that they did in season three, but I agree with you. I think it's essential. So like I, I want on record me picking season two is in no way, shape or form as not me thinking that season three does very important work, but episode for episode in terms of like my favorite episodes of the show they're all really from season two I love the Paris arc I think the Paris arc really does a lot of the work on feminism in terms of where the show then goes from there I just genuinely love the Catskills arc because I think what it does for exploding the world a second time is so compelling dramatically and I just genuinely love the Yom Kippur sequence in the seventh episode of the second season. I love com it's comedy or cabbage. Like I think truly that is the best episode Maisel has done thus far. But shot for shot, I think the Yom Kippur sequence is funnier than anything the show has done. Okay. Favorite scene slash episode. Well, your favorite scene is the Paris phone call between Midge and Joel. Yes, but we I, have talked about that We before. have talked about that. I'm not sure if I could guess your favorite episode. I'm going to say it's Comedy or Cabbage. Mm, mm, no. <laughs> I figured I wasn't going to get it. I, I figured I wasn't going to get this one. <laughs> Honestly, my favorite episodes, and this is going to really strike you, but my favorite episodes are the Catskills episodes. We're going to the Catskills part one and two. I can't decide which I like better of the two, um, but just really quick on the, you know, whole Paris sequence be between Mitch and Joel before I dive into the cat skills. Um, I think for me, what really does it with that scene is this is kind of where I first came to terms with the fact that they both really, really love and care for each other. And probably where I first realized how much I was on Team Joel. He's talking about how he supports her and he wants her to do comedy and he doesn't want to be at the tail end of her jokes. And he knows that she's going to be successful and he can't hold her back. And to me, that is the definition of love to a T. But I think it's so essential as a person who's on Team Joel to see how much love and respect they have for one another and how much they each want the other to grow and do well and be in a good place in their life. For the episodes, I don't know, just what really gets me every single time is the fast-paced dialogue of the cat skills. I love Abe's romper. The tomato juice kills me. The romper me. sequence alone. Every is, single time. I, I mean, I understand why the man won the Emmy. Like, the romper sequence. It's just brilliant. I mean, you can't go wrong with Abe Weissman doing calisthenics in a romper. Am I right? Like, it's so incredible. The single push-up. Just one push-up to what is the song? Like, Go Chicken Fat Go, go or whatever Go Chicken Fat Go. Go You Chicken Fat Go. And then Incredible. when they have the sad reprise after he finds out... <laughs> like the it's coral so sad reprise where he's just sitting forlornly drinking his tomato juice. It's so good. Everything about the cat skills, cat skills, Susie with the plunger, Pamela. Oh my God, Pamela. I love Pamela the plunger. And then Susie going missing and them sending out like a search team for her. I don't know. The entire cat skills sequence is just such 
brilliant comedy. It's so funny. We're introduced to Dr. Benjamin Ettenberg for the first time too, and I love Zachary Levi. So there's just so much that I can say about the Catskills being absolutely hilarious and perfect, and they will forever go down all of these episodes as some of the best in the series. I'm having a hard time with your favorite scene because I know that there are a few of them that I can name off the top of my head that you love. Um, so I don't know if I should pick Oklahoma or if I should pick that sweet scene between Abe and Rose after Abe has tomatoes thrown at him and then he goes and beats up the guy because he realizes, you know, his article is doing something. I don't know if it's that scene. I don't know which to pick. Maybe the breakdown in the street between Shirley and Rose. I mean, if you're asking me during a finals week, that is absolutely <laughs> my favorite scene. So I don't know. I will. I will totally cop to that. Um, I guess if I'm gonna pick, maybe the one that I would pick is the scene in season three between Midge and Rose when they finally confront each other and have this huge blowout about their fundamental misunderstanding of one another. I love that scene, and I know we're going to talk about it in our Mitch episode, and we're definitely going to talk about it when we do a Rose episode, because I feel like in terms of character development and like where they're going to go from here and where they've been, I feel like that's probably the single greatest moment. But the scene in the apartment in Paris is my favorite. And it's not just because I think Tony and Marin give unbelievably detailed performances. And I just generally on the show, I have massive respect for the work that these actors do. I think they're incredible. But in that scene in particular, there is just such an incredible job that they do as actors. And showing you very specifically the inner tension that both Rose and Abe are having between, in Abe's case, fulfilling the dream of his wife and really fully making amends for what he has done with the crushing reality that he knows that it's not feasible and he's going to have to crush her and how much harder it is the second time than it was when he didn't intend to do it the first. And for Rose, the practicality that's always there underneath the surface, that if you were to describe, I think, Rose in a couple of characteristics, one of them would be how practical she is and how practical she has to be because look at her husband and look at her daughter. If she's not practical, who in that family is? Fighting with this romantic notion of really who she is at her core and the tension between those. It's a beautiful scene. I mean, I could go on and on about it too because it's absolutely stunning and definitely a lot of credit to Jim McConkie as well because that those shots i mean just every time the way you get the full effect of the apartment is just it's so beautiful it's so beautiful and it makes me tear up when the show chooses to marry the visual with the emotion i think it's just moving in a way that just the visual or just the dialogue or just the emotion wouldn't yeah definitely definitely what about my favorite episode Man. I kind of already gave it away earlier. <laughs> I don't know. Um, your favorite episode? No, it's the one I said that I think is the best one that they've done. Did you? I mean, is it par- is it still Paris? Is that... No, I was. I meant it's comedy or cabbage. <laughs> oh, no! I thought it was Yom Kippur because you were like, if it's in, in whatever season, that would definitely be the funniest. 
I said it's the best scene that they've ever done, and I say that believing that it's Comedy or Cabbage is the best episode. You know what? I missed yeah, it. No. <laughs> yeah, no, it's Comedy or Cabbage. I mean, Susie learning to swim is just hilarious. And as someone who watched the entire third season 48 hours before my first law school exam of my 2L year, which one, if you are a law student out there listening, don't do it. Ever. Two, (laughs) seriously, do not do it. Three, I mean, it was worth it, but don't do it. I have never related harder to anything I've ever seen on television in my life than the Rose breakdown in the middle of the street as someone who was going through her own breakdown at that point. One, that whole sequence is hysterical, but two, man, I felt it. (laughs) I really love the Lenny Bruce sequence. So I haven't said where I am in terms of Midge's romantic relationships yet. So I'm going to out myself now as I'm team Midge needs to figure out what she wants and what she needs. One, from herself. Two, for her life going forward. And three, what then she'd need from a man before she should look at anyone in her life. I think... Joel is someone who she clearly loves and who clearly loves her. I think Dr. Ben was a great option. And I think separate from the fact that it is revisionist history, because Lenny Bruce is a real person and I just kind of am personally a little uncomfortable with that. But that's just me personally. I don't reflect that on anybody who likes Lenny as a romantic option. Um, I think it's I think he would be someone who, of everyone, would get Midge's comedy the most. And they obviously have great chemistry, and they're obviously very good at being friends. But I don't, I have not seen him really before it's comedy or comedy as like a viable romantic option. And again, not slagging Lenny, I'm not slagging Ben, I'm not slagging Joel. Like, whoever you ship, that's fine. But I think the Miami sequence with Lenny Bruce is just kind of its own one act within this larger episode that really works as three separate acts. And I think that structurally the episode works brilliantly and by giving it that one act kind of feel where it's almost its own episode within the episode, you really have this arc, not just for Midge, but through this relationship with Lenny that really does get it from where it was before to where I think Amy wants it to be going forward. And that to me is an exciting bit of storytelling. And... Wow, that dance scene um, is so phenomenally done. I mean, I still try to wrap my mind around that, and I'm I'm totally with you on you know the whole ship what you want to ship, and it does make me uncomfortable in the Lenny context as well. But again, that's just totally me personally, um, because he was a real person. He had a lot of real demons, very real demons. And I think for me, the fundamental distinction here is that they kind of have a mentor-mentee relationship, and that risks breaking down if you cross a certain line and open it up to romantic thoughts and feelings, which is tough. So I don't want to dive too much into that, but that's just kind of where I am on on that spectrum. But the se- the sequence, you know, with Lenny Bruce in and of itself is just so, so gorgeous and well done. And the will they, won't they tension is just so phenomenal. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I think that's probably about all of the patience that our listeners are going to have for a game. So I think this is probably a good place to wrap up. What about you? I totally agree. I think you guys know us a lot better now and have some good insight to who we are and where our biases lie. And if not, coming right up after this is your ability to listen to our first episode on Midge. So you definitely will be able to get a sense there what we think about our heroine. We're just going to tease a little bit right now, though, so you can hear some of the things we're going to get into and have a listen and see if you're interested. Thanks for joining us. Neither one of us are Mrs. Maisel. Thank Thank you you and and good good night. night. That moment in which he has this realization and, you know, in which he is shattered because he's trying to see that she's, you know, in your words, she's trying to do right by him to elevate him in a sense is really a hard pill for him to swallow. But I think it makes him respect her all the more because, and love her all the more even, because he sees how hard she tried for him when he never really did the same in that respect for her. Right. And I totally agree with that. The one thing I will say is, I don't necessarily think Shirley can't hold her own with Moish. Like, we've seen Shirley keep accounting, right? It's not good <laughs> i mean part of it's ancient aramaic but like and he did have to bribe the irs which is why they never came back right like there's a there is some stuff there that tells you that she's not a particularly good accountant but like moish wouldn't give it to her if he didn't actually think she could do it right like i, I definitely get to a sense that like there is there is an equality to it but it's not the same level as abe and rose and i definitely think there's something to be said for the environment at that period of time that they grew up in. You know, like, they very much grew up in different households watching different relationships, you know? And they had, I think, very different expectations about what marriage is. I think, to your point, right, Shirley is very much a traditional housewife. Say what you will about Rose, and in a lot of ways she is, and she tries to follow those guidelines, right? She is a homemaker, and she does keep the social life for the family. She is, in her own way, a very powerful person in the Upper West Side. (music) 